Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Welcome you. My name's Lloyd, and I'm glad you're here. And let me say to everybody, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, let's pray this morning over offerings, and there's an offering box in the back, but let's pray looking forward into 2017. And uh, God, God has highlighted some things to me. I'm not going to talk about the, those this morning, but in the coming weeks. But I really want us to... Like, Listen, there's a time in your life to look back. You know, it's time to go, oh, you know, and I have a, a business consultant friend who says the road always straightens out behind you. It means it looks pretty curvy. But there's a time to look forward. There's a season for everything. I want us to look forward this year, even as we pray over offerings and, and give and look what's in our hearts and and a thing of really not just reliance on the Lord, but would you in faith reach out with expectancy this morning? Just reach forward into 2017 that God wants to do always in our lives. God's displaying himself to do something very special. But faith says this, I have to put my hand around that and go, yes, you want to bless me this year. You want God's blessing in the coming year? Then the response is, yes. It's that prayer of Jabez that he prayed. Bless me, God. Bless me indeed. And we have every, um, if you will, right as sons and daughters, because we've been made right with him, to look forward to that. So you pray with me just as you... If you have an offering to give, you can do that as you leave this morning and put it in the offering box. But let's just pray over this coming year. Just join me in prayer this morning. Jesus, we look forward into this coming year. And we say, you are good. We can glance back and we can see how good you've been. But we look forward this morning and say, You are good. You're incredible. You are the God that blesses. So we reach forward this morning into 2017. This year that represents so many things. And we reach with faith this morning. And we say, bless our lives. Bless our families. Bless our children. Bless, O God, our grandchildren. Bless our friends. Bless our church family. Bless the work of our hands. Bless our spiritual understanding. Bless our time in you. And we receive this from you this morning at the start. January 1st, gathered together as a group of people And we look all the way to December 31st, and we declare something this morning. This year will be the blessings of the Lord. This year will be a feast of years. This year, oh God, you intend to do great and mighty things 
in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Okay, we're in a study in Ephesians. And so I'm just going to do a real brief, uh, if you will, a little brief reminder and summary to catch us up. So we looked at Ephesians 1, and then we looked at the first half of Ephesians 2. And in it, Paul lays out in the first part of Ephesians 2, the first half of the chapter, he lays out for us God's way, if you will, of saving us. We're saved by grace through faith. That not of ourselves. Even that, even our faith is a gift of God. And he lays out what God did for us and continues to do in salvation because he closes this out with, we are his workmanship. Now that doesn't mean that, you're, that you have to work hard to, being, to show that you're working hard. That's not what I mean. That's, if, if you're very familiar with equational living, um, you can go, well, uh, and by the way, this was a 4th century error uh, that they declared a heresy. If I do my part, God will do his. That's not what workmanship means. Workmanship means that God has a purpose and intent through grace in your life, and you are going to marvel at the things he does with you. That's what being his workmanship means. You are going to be stunned because he's going to make you stunning. He is going to make you his poem. That's what workmanship means, poemo. He is going to declare something of you for all the earth to see that it's him in you. That's pretty much different than trying to find an equation that says, I'm going to prove to everybody and validate the gospel. We don't validate the gospel. The gospel validates us. The gospel is God's work in our lives over us. So he also lays out the power of God through his grace. Here's what's key, to remove completely and forever one of the obstacles between us and God. That's sin and death. God has forever removed that obstacle between you and he. Romans 2 refers to it this way, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. It's been gone. It's removed. It's gone. It's taken out of the way. Now think about this in your prayer life. And I don't know where you're at, So if I step on your toes a little bit this morning, uh, here, I'll do a should. You should forgive me. I invite you to forgive me. But you see, God's not going to deal with you if you're a believer according to your sins. He doesn't, that's the glory of the new covenant. So when we bring um, our sin and identify it that I am a sinner coming to you. What you're doing is you're wearing a big carcass of icky, stinky stuff around your neck. But he doesn't see you that way, even if you're trying to declare that to him. He sees you, and this is the only way he can look at you now. When you're in Christ, guess what? You're in Christ, and that's how God will deal with you. Uh, you mean 
Not me, not you alone. He will deal with you in Christ. And he sees you in Christ. Isn't that good news this morning? That thing that was in the way that had to be removed, you couldn't remove it. He did. By the way, the law couldn't remove it either. He did. He did it in Christ. So here's what happens in the second half of Ephesians 2. We're going to read part of this together. Jesus... Is It's laid out of what Jesus did through the power of his grace. He removes a second obstacle for us. The second obstacle was the law of covenant. He removed that and gave this new law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So let's read this together. Will you say aloud this, this verse with me? It's Ephesians 2.11. Let's read it together. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Oh. See, he explains this separation in the terms of Gentile and Jew. He reminds us that without Christ, we are separated from the promises of God's salvation, but not only salvation, hope eternal life. When it says the eternal promises, that's what it's speaking of. That I will have a life of foreverness. And it's now that God, it's so interesting that it comes at this time of the year when we sang all the Christmas songs about it. But Emmanuel, God with us. That separation is gone question this morning, just to get you thinking on the first day of 2017. When you pray, where's God? Think through this, just in yourselves, like when you pray, are you praying, where's he at? Did you hear that? Same as where he's at when I don't pray. So where's God at? When you look in the mirror and see yourself, where's God at? Christ in the hope of glory? See, here's the incredible thing. When the sin got taken out of the way, every other obstacle was removed, even the law that says there's something between God and I. All of that's gone. There's no distance between you and God. At all, at any time, day and night, right or wrong, 
God doesn't go away. Funny thing about God is he knows he's God. And he's, he's a gentleman. But listen, he knows who he is. And when he comes inside of you, he takes up residence. He finds us, you've heard me say this so many times, but I don't know another way of putting it that really gets into our humanness. He finds you completely compatible today. There's nothing in the way between you and God. And when you pray, what you're really doing is praying inside of you. Now we are called, see yourself seated in heavenly places. That's actually an authority view. And the heavenly places, guess where it resides? Isn't it interesting that Jesus said, do you not know that the kingdom is within you? It's right here. It's not, it's not this, he, there's not a far away God. Now, there's been times in my life that he felt far away. Have you had that? of you you can you can respond to me this morning there there's been times where it felt very dry very distant very long away and i used to try and find ways to get that to go away but what i've done now is come back to truth and romans 12 1 and 2 and i present myself to god holy blameless just present myself Oh, yeah, I forgot. You're right here. And it's a game changer. It, it absolutely changes our view. The comfort we have now, so if he's near, it also means now, is this. You will never be alone again. Now, I know that sometimes you feel alone, and sometimes you desperately want to be alone. But you're not. God is with you, and you will never, that's the thing, that because the obstacle was taken out of the way, you will never be alone. Isn't that stunning? That's, that's probably the most meaningful... That actually is what it means. Like, it's really hard. You have to keep telling yourself this. But I'm telling you, if you keep telling yourself the truth, truth has a way of setting you free. Yes? Keep telling yourself the truth of who you are in Christ and that God is not away from you, that he's right here. He's right inside of you. Telling yourself this truth. You, Lloyd, are an eternal being. And now you will be an eternal being for eternity, forever. Nothing can remove that. Nothing can change that. Nothing can stop that. It's funny how we're worried about the future in the United States of America or in the world and stuff. Shoot, come on, think really big. This stuff isn't the real stuff. I want to think about galaxies far, far away without having to go see Star Wars again. 
There's things that are going to be open to us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Eternal being. Here's the comfort it also gives me. When we start seeing ourselves this way, that there's no obstacle, I'm going to be reunited with loved ones. got to thinking about it this morning. You know, I, I have some dear, dear loved ones. I, I'm sure everybody sitting in this room has dear loved ones. Either, um, Even if you're older, grandparent that went ahead of you or anything. But I was thinking about these two dear women who were really important in my life, you know. And I was going, ah, oh, just thinking on the way in this morning, I'm going to see Bunny Lewis again. And she is going to be delightful more than she ever was on the earth. I'm going to get to see Laverne again. And then it was funny. I just had this internal dialogue going on with the Holy Spirit. And and when I mentioned Laverne, he said, oh, she's smiling right now. Just looking down at you because you're thinking about her. And I went, ah. You know, I just wanted to pull the vehicle over and go, oh, let's just camp here for a while. And I was going to ask, you know, can I talk to her? But uh, church beckoned and another path and one path leading to another. Listen, we're supposed to change our view of ourselves being in Christ. Every obstacle out of the way. Let's keep reading. You don't have to read it aloud with me. I'll read it. you this time verse 14 for he himself is our peace who made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation Uh, he's speaking of the law of the covenant having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two thus making peace And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Jesus, in the power of his grace, listen, he has become our peace. We're no longer at war. Settle this right now. Even if you think you're wrestling with God, I'm telling you, you're not. He won. Why are you trying to wrestle with what God's doing in your life? He already won, and you're at peace with him. It means that we don't have a war raging inside of us. I do not have to convince myself or God that I'm reconciled to him. As a matter of fact, he is spending all of his being inside of you so that you become convinced that you are reconciled now. Well, and there's a day coming when we all stand before him. You're in him right now. If you're worried about some judgment day, talk to him about it now. Hello? 
You're all looking at me very funny right now. I've been judged in Christ. I don't have any lack. I, there's no, like, I'm not missing something that I have to have in order to, what's he going to say to me on that day? The same thing he says right now, I'm in Christ. Oh, Lloyd, beloved, special one, really good kid. Man, I'm crazy about you. I really like you, son. I like everything about you. Don't worry what those other guys say. I'm crazy about you. They have been judged. Is that a pretty good judgment? I think so. Of all people, Christians should be delighted in a judgment of God because we've already been through it. Are you, following, are you tracking with me? <laughs> There's nothing I'm missing. It's all complete, and I'm not at war to get something. One more battle, and when I kill that thing in my life, then I'm going to be okay. He killed it, and you're okay. He, uh, he killed it in himself, and you're okay. You're in Christ. We keep trying to use what we're going through as a, as a place of deciding whether we're okay or not. You're okay in Christ. Isn't it Romans 10? Look at this. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. There's no law that can condemn me before God. It's been replaced by God himself in my life. And then we can, we can really live. You were designed to live in Romans 5, to be at peace. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Every time you're trying to remake peace with God, you are discounting the grace that he accomplished in you that made peace. Tracking with me. When I tell God that I'm not at peace with him, I am declaring that what he did didn't work. Funny thing about God, he knows he's God. What he reminds me of now is, no, like it took, you're saved. Yeah, you're really saved. You're really at peace with, I, there's no war between us, bud. Quit trying to fight. You ever seen two siblings when they do that with each other? Or two cats that, you know, they lay beside each other there for a while, then pretty soon the other one tries to pick a fight, you know, tries to pull a William Wallace thing. You know, and, and jump on the other one and bite its neck and stuff. And I go, that's just like us. We try to have this war inside of us, and they're not really fighting. They're just playing. But listen, you don't have to have a war inside of you. It's done. The battle's over. You're at peace. What do we do with this? Uh, well, if I don't have to make peace with God, then what do I do? Delight 
in the law of liberty that you have been set free and live in that delightful place. Paul declares here, and if you can do this, if you take these passages of Scripture, when you feel far away, preach to yourself. When you're starting to feel like, oh, I used to feel closer to God, go back and read Ephesians 2. Start preaching it to yourself. Do it out loud. Look in the mirror. Become the preacher to your soul and declare this truth. Here's the last part of it. It's all him. That's why I want to invite you to do that. Ephesians 2, 19, Now therefore we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Jesus did it. That's what I rest in. That's what I move in. He is a cornerstone in each of our lives. And together is the huge cornerstone of our lives. So we go on Ephesians 2:21 in whom the whole building, that's you and I, being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Church happens because God is alive. He's the cornerstone of church. There's a lot of different views on church. There's a lot of different finger pointing at church. There's a lot of different generational views. It's funny, I got sent a whole bunch of stuff on that again recently. Maybe it happened because of the elections, I don't know. But I want to reemphasize to this. When Christ is in me, you and I get to, get to be together, something dynamic happens. Something absolutely incredible happens. It's called fellowship of the Spirit. We have fellowship. When we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Does that affect institutional church or not? I think those are all pedantic arguments anymore. And we should all just lay them down and be very glad very glad that we have the wherewithal to gather together and to link arms in simplicity and hope and trust. And if you're pulled into trying to get the church to do something it hasn't ever done before, or even services, that it should look like this or not look like this, I just want to encourage you, God's not too wigged out about it. God knows his church, and he loves it when even two of us will get together and just go, hey, hey, if, like, what's the Lord saying to you? What's he speaking to your heart? He delights in that. And it doesn't have to be in this building. I like hanging out with you guys. But it can be at your work. It can be in your home. It can be at the coffee shop. It can be at the... Haircutting place. It can be, you name it. 
It can be running into somebody at Walmart that you haven't seen for a long time, and there's somebody who's in Christ, and immediately that, that spark happens. And you can begin in fellowship there. And I think when our hearts are alive to that, it's the game changer over how we recognize Christ in us, the hope of glory. I've said it so many times, but if we could really see each other's spirits, we would be tempted to worship each other. Because it looks just like Jesus. So here's how I want to close. Look at the person next to you. Just take a minute. Just no, no, really. I know this is a little bit uncomfortable. Just, just look. And what you can say to them. is this, I see Jesus. So right now, look at them deeply. Look into their eyes and tell them that. I see Jesus. Now say this to them. Oh, he looks so good in you. Now say this. Come on, stretch and go there with me. I didn't know He could look this beautiful. See, every obstacle's been removed. Here's the challenge for 2017. What if we lived that way? Christ near us and everybody who accidentally runs into us we see as the temple of the Lord. And I, you ever sing the song? If I can just have that one day to dwell in the house of God? Well, just take a moment. Take their hand and say, oh, it's so good to see you. It's so good to connect with you. It's so good to be in Christ with you. Yeah? Just make it, just make it. If you're going to have a New Year's resolution... Make it be that one. Don't know each other any longer after the flesh. Know each other now after the Spirit. Amen? Let's stand. Annie, why don't you come up and give us a...